On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Please stick around. We've got a very special episode just for you. Hey guys, welcome to episode eight. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than the previous episodes. It's going to be a bit more challenging. It's probably going to be hard to hear at times in the episode, but I want to encourage you to really stay tuned to this. The title of today's episode is that one sin that I just can't let go. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you're trying to live holy, you're trying to live for God, and you're trying to live out this Christianity to the best that you can, but it almost feels as though you've hit a wall, or it feels as though you get these sins that you struggle with, or this particular sin that you struggle with, that just doesn't seem to want to let go. You find yourself battling, even whether it's in the middle of the day, at night, while you're at work, while you're at home, with friends, when you're by yourself, whatever it may be, but this just one thing, this one sin that just seems to give you the hardest time. It's so interesting because a lot of believers have silent struggles, that there's just this one thing they're dealing with that they cannot speak to other people about, whether that be in the form of guilt, shame, whether that's something that they're doing in their private life that they just don't feel comfortable even confessing out loud to other people. I just want to encourage you and I want to let you know that you are most definitely not alone in this. Christ has called us to live a life that's holy, that's separate, that's set apart. And he desires for us to come out from the world in our way of thinking, in our way of seeing, and really be transformed by the renewing of our minds through his word. But we as people, as flesh and blood have a tendency to want to rule our lives or do things on our own accord. We have a tendency to desire sin and things that are opposing to God. Don't stay in this discouraged state. I want you to know that there's hope for you. There's hope for all of us as saints. It's interesting because Paul says in 1 Peter, says that as soldiers, that we're to expect combat in wartime. And this really is a war between the flesh and spirit. The passions of the flesh are warring against our souls and our adversary, the devil, Satan, is prowling like a lion hunting fresh prey. It's like this ongoing battle with sin, flesh, with the enemy happens to all believers. The reality is that Christianity is a struggle. It's a fight. There's a constant warfare. There's always grace that's extended to us in this conflict. So as a believer, there's no such thing as holiness without warfare, without a battle, without a struggle. Although, you know, our souls are saved, we'll always be fighting as we live on this earth. It just comes with the territory. The reality and the key is don't succumb to the temptations. Don't just give up. Always get up and fight. It really isn't surprising to us that you know, the enemy uses the tricks that he does to make us feel lonely and to make us feel like we are the only ones or the 
utmost worst or fakest Christian out there. Even Paul, he knew the misery of sin, of this little thorn in his flesh. It's amazing because it says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. And he says this in Romans. And it's interesting because we find ourselves in this struggle. It's like we want to overcome. We want to not do this or think this way or act like this, but we find ourselves constantly struggling and doing that thing that we do not want to do. And honestly, this seems as though it's impossible to overcome, but this doesn't give us an excuse to just sort of be lazy and give in, say, you know what? I'm never going to overcome this sin. I'm always going to be stuck doing this thing that I hate doing or thinking the this way that I'm thinking about myself or acting this certain way with my friends or peers. It's just a common thing. I just can't stop it. So I'm going to give up. That's not the point that Paul is making here. He's saying, be watchful, be sober-minded. All these battles are winnable. They're battles that God has given you the tools, the necessary tools to overcome these issues. Though our conflicts inside are normal, we can win these victories every day. And we can win against temptation. We can win against indwelling sin, but we have to do it God's way. That way is fully and solely relying on him as our strength. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have an issue or an addiction, or if you have problems looking at websites at night that you're not supposed to be looking at, or you have issues doing certain things you're not supposed to be doing, it doesn't mean relying on him does not mean that he will physically come in and close your laptop, or he will come in and remove you out of that situation that you're in. But what it does mean is he provides for you a way out through a still small voice, through his spirit, through his word, by reminding you of the word of God that liberates you from that captivity. So giving it to him doesn't mean expecting him to do the work for you physically, but he will be there as a guide as long as you have surrendered to that word and filled your mind with and your heart with that word of truth. And daily coming to the word of God to wash over us. I know it's it seems as though easier said than done, but the war is not physical fight. You're not beating yourself up quite literally, but what you're doing is battling these desires that pop up and subjectifying them to the word of God, to the complete work of Christ. You're telling your sin or you're telling your desire, no, you do not rule over me any longer. It's a proclamation. You're standing up for what Christ has already done. Sometimes, you know, that gets hard. So I want to ask you this, you know, if you've been struggling with whatever sin it is and, you know, you've had a hard time overcoming that sin or had a hard time, maybe you just gave up and succumbed to, you know, giving into that sin all the time. I want to let you know that the only way that we have a fighting chance to overcome is by constantly subjecting ourselves under the word of God. There's no real getting around studying scripture. One thing that we should always know is how close we are to God and 
how close we feel his presence and how close we feel him there's a direct correlation with how do we make time for him how do we do we study his word do we pray or do we have a cycle of this sort of drive-through type relationship with god and that also determines how we fight our battle against sin against specifically sins that we struggle with and it's very important for us like if you can take an honest evaluation of yourself an honest look at how much time you actually spend either studying god's word learning god's word being in his presence worshiping him whether it's through song or you know through poetry or through writing or prayer how much of that time do we diligently spend with god that isn't a quick prayer before work or prayer in the car on our way to work or prayer right before bed and you know these little bursts of time with god you know as we grow in our faith and as we mature as we get to the place of you know growing developing uh, a mature faith we have to get to the place where we're able to give god our our time in a more consistent fashion and you know it's important for us although there's no formula to how long we are to pray there's no real set information that or a, a spreadsheet that tells us 45 minutes of prayer a day equals 86% of victory over your sins. There's no cut and dry way of of doing things to guarantee a success. But the reality is in a relationship, whether it's a relationship with a person, with your best friend, your wife, your husband, your coworker, whoever it is, if you are cultivating a relationship, you're at a certain point you have to get to the place where there's a commitment level even when you don't feel like doing something or even when you don't feel like communicating or feel like you know getting into your word at a certain point you do things because you know in order for that relationship to maintain its health or to stay in a in a good space you have to give it time you have to dedicate time to it and honestly from personal experience um being married is not always as it's romanticized in movies films and all these things that we watch there's a lot of work that has to be put into it for that marriage to thrive for that marriage to succeed and you know oftentimes that looks like spending quality time together you know having honest heart to heart conversations um you know doing life together in a more intentional way and really learning each other understanding each other and you know seeing you know what does my wife like what makes her happy what are things that i can do to you know please her in a way to where she's not always having to ask me to do things and that's the type of relationship that happens when we become you know more intentional when we you know make a decision that whatever happens i'm dedicating time to spend with my wife to spend with my partner and in that same way 
God deserves and needs a dedication, a commitment of time. And honestly, a lot of times the reason why we don't have victory over some sins and victory over, you know, these thoughts in our minds and we're constantly succumbing to the same things is really due to our lack of commitment to God's word and our lack of commitment to a lifestyle of prayer. And, you know, not to say that this is going to make you perfect, but it'll bring you closer and closer to Jesus. It'll bring you closer and closer to desiring to be like God, to want to pursue and chase after God. The more you're in his presence, the more you know and understand his heart, the more you desire him because he's desirable. He is love. And, you know, we know that famous passage in John where Jesus tells us that, hey, I am the vine and you are my branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So we have to get back to that place where we realize our need for him. And out of that place is where our victories come. And I want to challenge you today. Do you spend time with God, alone time? Do you really nurture and nourish your inner man? You know, a lot of us can't even go a day without eating food or when we miss a meal, we become grouchy and grumpy. And, you know, we're very consistent with how we treat our bodies, whether that's through exercise and food and we take good care of ourselves. But how much more does our inner man need to be taken care of, you know, in order to overcome the things of this world, of this flesh? So be pay- be mindful of that. And, you know, I want you to be challenged a little bit today. Spend that time studying God's word, whether even if that means you have to sacrifice your time away from other things that you like, your hobbies, your leisure, anything else, whether it's work. Sometimes, you know, we get in the grind and we want to just work and make all this money. But if we're not able to feed and sustain our inner man, the one that matters the most, then it's going to be tough. And we'll find ourselves oftentimes on the losing end of the battles. The real definition of salvation, deciding to love God and love what he loves, walk in his ways and to hate what he hates and turn from that. And that takes a constant renewing of our mind and a constant drawing near to him to do. So that's why Paul says, I find myself struggling to do that thing that I hate. So he's not doing something that he secretly loves or secretly has no issue with. And a lot of times that's the difference. It's like, do we actually hate the sin that we find ourselves doing? Are we opposed to it? You know, do we actually view it as wrong or have we made an exception to it? Have we somehow in our minds justified, hey, everybody sins. Everybody goes through this. Everybody does this. So I'm not alone in this. So it's not really that big of a deal. Or do we tell ourselves, you know, God would understand because I mean, after all, who's perfect, but Jesus, right? But that's not the perspective that Paul is speaking on here. He's saying, I find myself struggling. I find myself failing, but I hate this thing. I hate this sin. And that's the place where 
that's a healthy place to be in because that's where repentance comes that's where you know you turn you fight this thing off with god's word but if you succumb to the sin and to that thought process and you begin to you know compromise your mindset on that sin that can lead you actually in the opposite direction have you you know sinning repetitively making a lifestyle out of that sin that would lead you further and further away from god one thing i want to encourage you with today is focus on jesus focus on what he's done for you focus on the finished work of the cross and that you are forgiven speak that over yourself that i am forgiven i am set free shame guilt condemnation has no room in my life i am a new creation in christ jesus and this is a faith that we live by daily we renew our faith in him daily whatever you spoke a month ago five months ago five years ago isn't gonna really cut it you must daily bring that up you must remind yourself that god is for you that god is with you and that he loves you in this fight what aids us and what gives us that victory is constantly bringing ourselves under the subjection of God's word. Make a decision. God honors a decision. Sometimes, you know, we kind of psych ourselves out because we speak these things over ourselves like, well, I'm going to fail anyway. So why even make this commitment? Or I've made so many failed commitments to God in the past. Why just keep making promises that i can't keep and yes you on your own alone cannot keep those promises but god's promises that his holy spirit will be there to as a comforter as someone who guides who leads who reminds who directs who admonishes so instead of speaking that way why don't you say you know what god i make a decision to wage war against my flesh I make a decision to wage war against this sin. I make a decision today, right now, to wage war against this state of mind, this thought process, this way of thinking and believing. I wage war against it. My portion is not bondage and captivity to my flesh and to sin. I proclaim the freedom that Christ has given me through the cross. And when you speak that and decide that something awakens within you and really what Paul is saying here too, and what scripture says is that this is how we overcome is through the word of God, subjecting ourselves to the word and through prayer. And also think about this. Who have you been accountable to lately? Have you had anyone around you that has spoken in any life into you, Have has told you anything or do you share life with someone to be quite honest this isn't optional this is something as believers we are called to do because we can't do this thing on our own we have to have someone that we're accountable to whether that's a spouse whether that's a, a close friend a church counselor a mentor a leader someone that is walking in the faith that is matured in the faith to be speaking over your life to speak into your life that has experienced the things that you may be going through currently and it's very important because when you confess your weaknesses your sins to one another there's healing in that there's redemption in that honestly it gives you the strength to overcome having someone 
hand in hand, side by side to say, hey, I've been messing up. I've been doing or saying or feeling or thinking these thoughts that are not scriptural. And I know they're not, but it's been it's been a fight. It's been a battle. That person then can stand alongside you in prayer and really help you fight this thing through. And it's important to be connected and to have someone that keeps you in that accountability. These things are easier said, but I want to encourage you to apply these truths to your life. I want to encourage you to not give up. If you find yourself falling or if you find yourself tempted, if you find yourself in a situation run to God, run to Jesus, run to the word, begin to proclaim God's word over your life and over those weaknesses, over those sins. Declare to God, you are my Lord. I am yours. And do not compromise. Don't let that sin be part of a routine. Don't let that issue, that thing be part of your daily life. Don't give in to it because we have not been given that portion. We are free in Christ. And I also want to encourage you, study scripture. You'll see a lot of things in the Old and New Testament that's encouraging. All God's people, all God's people had it pretty rough. And to be honest, life was never just smooth sailing. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be battles. There's always going to be a level of warfare that you go through. But just remember that you're not fighting alone and the battle is not really yours. Just surrender to God. Wage war. Do not give in. Lastly, I want to encourage you. God's grace is for you and it's new every day. But God's grace is not a license to sin freely. God's grace is not there for you so that you can, in essence, put Jesus to public shame over and over again by returning back to the lifestyle that he's freed you from. So just remember this. God's grace is there to encourage you and push you. God's grace is there to carry you through as you go about this journey, as you go about this life as a believer. And it is by grace that we have been saved. This undeserved love, this undeserved, unearned love. And you can't, you can't perfect your way to heaven. Let's say, you know, you some way somehow by the grit of your teeth and you just figure out a way to overcome this sin some way somehow you doing it on your strength you being able to overcome this alone is also not going to give you the true freedom you have to surrender and subject yourself under the lordship of christ jesus and you have to be able to walk according to his way because in reality, our righteousness, our own self-righteousness, things that we do on our own strength is filthy rags in the sight of God. It's disgusting in the sight of God. And really, it's something that's going to draw us even further away from him. So don't take advantage of God's grace. And also don't think that your perfection or your ability to overcome all these things on your own is the reason that you'll get closer to God because that's not the case. Just know that the battle has already been won in Jesus. We just have to cling to him. We have to cling to him. And 
C.S. Lewis says, the smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which a few months later, you may be able to go on to victories you have never dreamed of. And apparently, trivial indulgences in lust or anger today is the loss of a ridge or a railway line or a bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack, otherwise impossible. That comes from his book, Mere Christianity. It's important for us to really not be paralyzed by our past mistakes or our sins that we committed yesterday, the defeats that we've experienced, but also don't make light of the situations that we're facing today, the sins that we are battling today. You know, our obedience to God's word is very crucial. It's critical. One day, that battle, that war with our flesh, with sin will be over. But in the meantime, we have to always prepare our minds for action. God's word says, be sober minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And God has helped you and he will continue to help you in the future. Until next time, I'm Nate Gazelle, and you've listened to Aliens on Earth. See you next week.